are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get it in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. We did a one-hour podcast uh, special episode yesterday on that, so check that out. Uh, today's episode of Locked on Rays is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and that'll get you 20% off your next order. Again, go to builtbar.com. Uh, Ulysses, we don't typically do this, but I want to start with an email from one of our most dedicated listeners, uh, day one OG Locked On Rays listener. And it is very timely. It ties in with the recent announcement uh, of the BBWAA Awards finalists. So let me read this email from Ty McCann, if you don't mind, and get your reaction on this. Uh, he says, uh, gents, first and foremost, I want to congratulate Kevin Cash on being nominated for AL Manager of the Year by the BBWAA. I think he is more than deserving. I also want to congratulate uh, Montoyo, Charlie Montoyo, for be, being nominated as well. And I think the circumstances that Jays face this year cannot be understated. But ultimately, if the story last year was the Twins had a great record, 101 wins, third best, and the Yankees overcame so many injuries, although we did too, I think the nod goes to cash. Also, I thought it would be safe to return to raise social media to congratulate cash, but apparently that was controversial. Seems like a lot of fans are still broken up over the quote decision and think that despite it being a regular season award, he shouldn't win. I think that's unbelievable and frankly doesn't make sense because the votes were already cast by then but I'm still curious to hear your thoughts on this. I, I think it's a good thing that a lot of those awards, and by a lot, I mean all of them, are, right. are voted on after the, the last pitch is thrown, uh, the 27th out of the regular season, before the playoffs even begin. Uh, because it can get muddied, and you're just – that's a regular season award. So uh, I agree with – with uh, Ty there, I think Cash should take it not only because uh, obviously going through 40 and 20 in a 60 game season is mm-hmm. an amazing feat, but also it's not a it wasn't an easy schedule. And 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 besides that, the, the pitching uh, injuries, I mean, 12 guys being on the IL, that's ridiculous. So I think it goes to Cash. Now, the second thing going to. Um, Facebook or Twitter or whatever social media you desire and saying, Hey, don't get on cash. That's unfortunate. That's not going to happen. People are going to be plenty salty for a long, long time. And you know, with kind of merit, right? I mean, (laughs) I'll never stop saying this because it sucks. 11 outs away from a game seven, 
11 outs away. And I, that move is in, extremely unpopular. I think if you, if you were able to get an election going uh, in right. these times and, and, and have all race fans vote, did you like the decision? Did you not? I, I, I think overwhelmingly uh, people would, would, you know, advise against pulling Snell out. And we did one our own uh, real time. So that's going to that's gonna happen. People are going to be salty. And with, you know, a, a, a little bit of a reason behind it, right? Yeah. So just on the record, let's be fair here. Kevin Cash or Ulysses is a critic, has been a critic. It will, we'll call out the yeah. Kevin Crash moments. When it happens, he's not just a yes man to the Rays organization and what Kevin Cash does and the many moves and maneuvers he makes. So on the record, he is your pick for AL manager of the year for 2020. I think he has a lot of reason behind it. However, the troll in me, the guy that just wants to see the world burn a little Uh kind of wants Rick Renteria to win it. That'd be I so funny. That'd just be so funny, man. The guy gets outed for a 76-year-old man who's been out of baseball for a decade, and he wins manager yeah. of the year. I mean, you got to love that. You got to love that. So it would just be MLB putting, uh, you know, another one of their stupidities right out front and center. So I wouldn't mind that either. And besides that, just as a selfish Thing. I actually had Rick Renteria winning manager That is of true. The year. Yeah, you called it. You called it. You, but you didn't call that he'd be fired after being a finalist for manager of the year if or I, those two <laughs> things leading up. You know, we're going to see how important the role of manager is and how important the clubhouse dynamic and being able to lead a group is with Tony La Russa taking over the White Sox. Because yeah. if they end up if things start imploding, then we might say, you know what, maybe the manager does hold more importance than we think besides just the on-field moves that they may be advised or flat out told to do by the front office and the general manager and things like that. Being able to get guys to play together, uh, let alone in a pandemic, I think that's something that uh, Kevin Cash certainly needs to be credited for. So again, so Kevin Cash is your pick. I, I, I'm still not clear on that. I look th- this ballot I'm looking at from you. I, I, it's, it's not clearly legible. Is your pick Kevin Cash? I, I believe Kevin Cash. See, that's the thing. You see my pick because I think he, I, I think he, he could win or that he, I want. Him no, to we're win. doing. I, I okay. The, the way we're going to do this episode, because we're going to also run through the other BBWAA finalists and we're going to act as we're the voters. We're the end all be all okay. for this thing. Yeah. So we're giving our picks. It, it's not necessarily okay. who we think is going to win. So we can put that on the record. This is who I think, or I want, or this is who should win. In my opinion, should win cash. Okay. Uh, I, I think he Montoya is going to get a lot of love though. Yes, for what he did, that team, uh, the no Buffalo home. Blue Jays. They right. were the no Buffalo home. Blue Jays, and they mm-hmm. overcame some injuries too. But what Kevin Cash did too, again, very impressive. Yes. Besides the record, besides the pitching injuries, 12 pitchers on the injured list at one point during this season, five of them going down for the entire year, using 24 different pitchers in all of 2020. I think the other thing too, uh, a couple other things, 
the the moniker the stable the fact how he stood up for Mike yeah. Grosso and stood up for his team and we've got a whole stable of guys that can throw 98 it was a very uncash like thing that was said and the fact that he he, he stood up for his guys I think is very very appreciate uh something that should be appreciated by uh by every race fan really out there and not, not only that though but the fact that he did it at Yankee Stadium yeah uh, I you know it, I think that gives a little little bit of more of a a punch because who's the golden child the Yankees so every media outlet is covering that so every media in baseball was talking about the stable of guys so I think that that's that's huge and that that should have garnered yeah. a lot of votes I think from from writers who who appreciate that fiery side of a manager. Yes, absolutely. It, it got me the 98ers hat. We would have never had yeah. that hat if not for You're Kevin right. Cash. Marketing <laughs> genius over here. Let's also keep in mind, Blake Snell pull aside in game six of the World Series. Again, this is all regular season only. And really, yeah. you could argue what he did through most of the postseason. The bullpen moves, for the most part, worked. I mean, what is the team's record when leading after six innings, seven innings, eight innings, like right. once you got to the sixth inning and the Rays had a lead, they weren't losing a game. So something has to, I think that has to be mentioned and the amount of, you know, constant it, it, because of what the Rays do, he's forced to, all right, we got to pinch hit in this situation. We got to pinch run. We've got to make a defensive replay. He makes more, he's forced to make more moves than any other manager out there. Really. especially in the American league. Right. And that's, yeah. that's something commendable. I, th- I, don't, I don't remember who said this, uh, but definitely a, a, this is a ripoff from, from somebody smarter than I am who said, uh, you know, there's actually 16 national league managers. It's just that one of them is stuck in the American league and that's cash. <laughs> right. uh, you know, that that's really how it feels like uh, at times. No, I, I think, look, regular season, because I have a whole nother opinion during the postseason, but I think in the, regular season with cash he definitely did what was the best case scenario i mean yeah yeah. we were talking about 35 36 wins as like the lofty goal and and hopefully you know uh uh, get that uh wild card secured easily but he went above and beyond the team went above and beyond and, and got to 40 wins and got the best record in the american league for god's sakes i mean with the budget the 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 injuries the moves I think yes. he could have it in the bag, but you never know with these uh, writers. And how many new players too, that he had to mold and get on the same page with everybody. And some of the personal issues like a Manny Margot getting, helping to get him yeah. going and bringing, I know Yoshi didn't have a great year, but the fact that you're bringing in a new bunch every year and you've got to bring forth the same message and to get guys on the same page, that is, that is something big as well. So you mentioned the postseason, kind of a, a tale of two stories there. To me, I, again, I know it's recency bias. The, the, the biggest thing that stands out to me uh, was that game six. That was probably his worst managerial job uh, that I've seen from yeah. Cash that I can remember. Not just, not just the, the Blake Snell decision, but also leaving Pete Fairbanks uh, right. to cover multiple innings. Um, but throughout the postseason, I mean, I thought he did fine i mean the the fact that the rays had to kind of snag and crawl their way to get to the world series unless there's something else or a couple things that stood out to you in the alds or wild card or alcs or 
Well, I mean, first of all, I, I, look, I think Zunino had a uh, a few, I think it was three or four home runs that were great and 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 clutch and definitely helped the team win. But when the guy goes 0 for 20 in the World Series, that's not okay. I mean, I, I think he he right. he rode with a few guys that you know, mentally speaking, uh, Willie Adamas could have garnered a day off during the postseason. Uh, I think he wanted to do that with Brendan Lau and didn't do it for the whole postseason. Austin Meadows got a little bit of a respite, but not enough. I mean, so, so I think some of these guys could have benefited from a clear day. Of like, look, just enjoy yourself in the, in the dugout. If I need you in the seventh inning for a pinch hit situation, sure. Mm-hmm. But I think the riding with everybody, like I'm, I trust everybody. I'm not letting you guys down. That I think put a little bit more pressure pressure than actually letting these guys ease because all of them throughout the lineup five we went through it uh yesterday with the offensive uh numbers in the postseason five regulars were striking out 20 percent 28 percent or higher these guys were under pressure to produce and i think that's the the job of the manager to put people in a situation where they can succeed i don't think he actually did that as he did that in the regular season. In the postseason, it wasn't only the, the, the Snell decision. I think a lot of making that lineup up, Mike Brasso, lefty masher, how come he didn't get enough at-bats? Okay. Uh, it's just it, it, Hunter Renfro getting a start. Why? Uh, you know, <laughs> out of all, <laughs> why, not Hunter, why not Mike Brasso? You know, so these are little things. You can call them little things, but that's when it matters. It's the postseason. Uh, one one uh, decision could lead you to the trophy right. or not. But it also did seem like, again, I mean, Brandon Lau, Austin Meadows, those are your superstars out there. You're kind of, do you bench them for Brasso and Renfro and Brett Phillips? Do you give Brett Phillips a start? Like how far do we, do we give Yoshi a start here? I, I wouldn't have mind. I, I wouldn't have mind seeing maybe a little bit more Yoshi, give him more of an opportunity. I know he's for example, high heat and things like that, but Yoshi, uh, how, how was he not a starter against Gonsolin, for example? I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, I'm not asking him to start against Kershaw. And right. when Brandon Lau is struggling as he is, how about giving him a day off against Kershaw and putting in Mike Brasso? You know, just little things like that. And then I think, look, it's fine to ride with one guy that's slumping, but when it's five guys that are slumping, well, maybe you hurt somebody's ego and that could be a beneficial thing. I think that that's my biggest thing about him in the the playoffs besides the Snell decision and besides the Peter Fairbanks in uh, game six. Right. And I'm sure some of that is the defensive value that a Brandon Lau provides. And let's remember uh, kept riding with him. And I know the, the hits were few and far between, but the home runs were big when he was able to step yeah. up and hit home runs. And we we're saying, well, why is he putting him in at leadoff? And it turns out that we we're pro- look the, at the end of the day, we have to remember, uh, we don't know everything. We don't know all the, the details and the information that cash in the race front office has as the old adage goes, if, if, if you keep listening to the fans at some point, you'll be sitting with them. Because you'll be making, if you listen to what the fans say every time about this player, this guy, uh, you should have done this or that, you'll be out of the sport, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, whatever. If, if we listen to the, you know, if the, if, if the, the Indianapolis Colts back in 1998 listened to the fans in the media, they would have drafted Ryan Leaf instead of Peyton Manning. 
There you go. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, because the fans are reactionary, right? When yes. you're in the front office, when you're in that dugout, you have to be a little bit more uh, cool-headed, cold-blooded, and, and and go with with the plan. It's just, you know, look, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that Cash was a better manager during the regular season than in the postseason. And that's what that's I'm fair. saying. I think yeah. in the postseason, he wasn't as good as he had shown to be in the regular season. And if he had been that guy in the regular season, we could not be talking about a game six right. decision, for example. And you know what? I think that's a learning process and he's going to learn from this. Let's remember, he's still one of the youngest managers in baseball. He's not a guy that, all right, every year he knows he's going to be in the postseason. That This isn't his eighth go around managing a postseason like he's Terry Francona or yeah. something like that. So again, it's, it's a learning process. And I think he's definitely going to reflect on this and learn from it and, and go from there. So it's something like, I, I don't think we should crucify or, you know, uh, you know, let, let's burn uh, Kevin cash at the stake because of a couple of managerial move. Like it's, we've, we've got a, we've gotten to the point where, yeah, you're, you're right. We've gotten so reactionary where I'm sure there's people that are saying we should fire Kevin cash. Which is, I'm 100% yeah. sure that that has been uttered out of a oh, race fan. And you know what? Look, do that for the next, for, 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 for the, the, the week after game six, do that. Look, I understand it, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, of course, of course. But now that we can kind of, you know, focus on the off season and, and all of that, uh, perhaps we can do that on our zoom round table on right. the 21st of November with our raison filtered family, uh, you know, we can all say fire cash, but after that, uh, we should probably get our cool hats on and say, you know what? No, it sucks. But we'll, this team has plenty of opportunities to go back, uh, in the, in the playoffs and, and, and make a deep run. Yeah. My other question is if, if Kevin Cass was such a bad manager, uh, why would an organization so smart as the Rays, extend him and basically it's not a lifetime contract but he's going to be in a raised uniform for the foreseeable future i know it's because he does what they're basically telling him to do but what they do works for the most part like there's a re- i mean this team wins on at the end of the day they win with this little payroll they do it differently and they've been successful at it and every year the team has a better winning pr- i mean he's the, the he, he has the highest winning percentage of all I know it's not much to say uh, highest winning percentage of all raised managers in history. Like he is, I, I don't even know where else to go with this. I, my vote is for Kevin cash on this thing. And I guess your vote is also for Kevin cash on this thing. So yes, both of us okay. vote cash. is just that um, I, I I've, I've given you this theory before of why he got hired. He was a new fresh face manager and uh, they said, Hey, we want to implement this type of uh, moves and analytics into the, the the clubhouse and the dugout and, and the game time. And he said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And right. uh, he's been successful. Cause again, like you said, they're smart dudes in the front office. So he's doing what they're telling him. Sometimes it works. Most of the time it works. Yes. Sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, you remember that. Uh, and we will all remember game six because that didn't work, but he's a good manager. I think he should get the, the, the manager of the year award. I am not going to uh, be salty on social media and say, Oh, cash. How dare you? Yeah. I can say that to, to you and, and other people <laughs> at right, home. Right. 
uh, but not put it on social media. But I do think that some fans are, you know what, that that's, that's your job, right? If you're that's what's great about being a sports fan, you can you say you these can types say, of things hey, and have no recourse. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. But as my long question as he is, doesn't uh, get you know anybody hurt physically or emotionally. You know, fine. Right. Just say your say your three cents that you have to say. My question is, okay, if you don't like Kevin Cash, who you're bringing in? Who you're? Give me a name. Give me a name. Who's your? Who's the replacement there? Who's a better manager I mean, than Kevin Cash? Is it Terry Francona, I, Joe I, Madden? I mean, how how far are we going with this? Right. I mean, it, it's it's difficult to say, right? Because I'm I'm not in the fire cash camp, but it, I I would love to hear a an answer from from those yeah. people that say Cash should get fired. Um, that because would be very interesting. you know what would happen is they would just elevate Matt Cotraro to that role, and and he would right, do exactly uh, Matt, the same this thing. This is what that we want to do. Cash- okay. Yes. <laughs> Look, how can you blame the guy? He's got job security in a yeah, time where there's yeah. not a lot of job security. There you, are you only pay me a million plus a year for the next. Yes. Yes. They're only 30. Okay. And, and so when you have gotten to be in that position as a new guy, as a, with no backup, no, nothing. On your resume, I've actually managed before. Yeah, you you listen to the front office. So, uh, you know, the bad way of saying it is uh, he's a front office puppet. And I think for a lot of his decisions in the past, he has been a front office puppet. I think he's doing a little bit of those moves himself. But game six definitely did not come from Cash's mind. That was textbook from the front office. Uh, All right. Uh, We will continue this discussion. We'll give our picks for the other uh, BBWAA awards choices uh, or finalists, I guess, we've got the manager of the year, uh, rookie of the year, MVP, and Cy Young. But first, we've got to tell you about Built Bar. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious than ever before. They're up to 18, 19, 20 plus Amazing flavors. Several new flavors, by the way, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Here's what you need to know about Built Bar. They're, uh, they're 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're low sugar, low calorie, high protein, high fiber. That's great if you're on the keto diet or just watching your weight and trying to stay healthy. Um, this is what you're get, uh, this is what you're going to get from a built bar, something in the range of 18 grams protein, 180 calories, just five grams sugar, and just five grams net carbs. Uh, to get your case of delicious, delicious built bars, go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and that'll get you 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Okay, Ulysses, as we promised, uh, we are going to give our vote, our vote, if you will, on the uh, BBWAA Awards finalists. So we've already picked Kevin Cash's AL Manager of the Year Award uh, for the AL Manager of the Year Award. Let's run through these other ones. Uh, AL MVP finalists, you've got Jose Abreu, DJ LeMahieu and Jose Ramirez. Ulysses, who is your vote? I'm going to have to go with power and speed combination here. Jose Ramirez, uh, his numbers really stood out to me. I think he was a late search 
kind of guy. So uh, I'm going with the, the Ramirez here. As I mentioned in uh, our Patreon podcast yesterday, our hour-long Patreon podcast where we went through the all MLB team awards, I got to go with the Yankee here. I got to go with a pinstripe, DJ LeMayhew. Yeah. Led the majors with the 364 batting average, paced all AL batters and on-base percentage and OPS. Get paid, brother. Get paid. <laughs> this is the time to get paid, DJ LeMay. He's the one guy in baseball you can't shift on. Can he, uh, and, and you, can I know, he, you can't pitch to him, throw up and in he'll, he'll knock nope. it out, throw a foot off the plate. He'll punch it the other way. Like he, he, you said, impossible. It, you said it the best though. Uh, he's, he, what you said, he, he has a paddleboard. Yeah. He's bad. He goes up paddleboard basically. It's, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a hundred percent the truth. So it's very frustrating. Hopefully he gets paid outside of the AL East. So yeah, yeah sure. Get nice. paid in Milwaukee. I don't care. Yeah, get paid in San Diego, get paid in the national yeah. league. Way, right. way away. Be somebody from, else. From the East. Be somebody else's problem issue. Yeah. I don't need to see DJ LeMahieu again with the Yankees, please. I, I don't need to see you on the East Coast. Go West Coast, buddy. Go West. Coast. Exactly. He's from Tennessee, yeah. so whatever the closest team is to, to that. There you go. And I, I, I like six foot four, six foot five second baseman. I've got, I've got something <laughs> for that as well. All right, uh, AL Cy Young, Shane Bieber, Kinta Maeda, Yunjin Ryu, Ulysses. Who is your vote with this one? I think that that's Shane Bieber's to lose. Um, I mean, I, the fact that Ryu is in there in that conversation with Bieber, I mean, he was a fine pitcher. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I mean, Bieber was definitely the best pitcher in the American league. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. What's funny is uh, his delivery kind of reminds me of Pete Fairbanks where he kind of knuckles it over the plate. Uh, but unlike Pete Fairbanks, Shane Bieber has uh, about five different pitches that he'll use pretty evenly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm going with Shane Bieber. Also, uh, that guy looks like a future movie star or TV star, or <laughs> he needs to be on a, uh, daytime, uh, what's it called? A daytime, uh, soap opera. Like he's got, he's got the Hollywood face. Just going to throw he, that out there. In 20 years when he's got that salt and pepper look, he could be like an NCIS, yeah. you know, Colonel or whatever. He's yeah. uh, he's baseball's George Clooney. Shane Bieber. There, you go. there we go. Uh, AL Rookie of the Year. The nominees are or the finalists are Christian Javier, Kyle Lewis, and Luis. Is it Robert or Robert? You know Robert, what? Right? Uh, I would say Robert, but you know okay. I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay, so who is your vote on this one? That's a tricky one, man. Because I, I like two of these guys, Robert and 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 Kyle Lewis. They're from yeah. Seattle. I, I haven't actually made up my mind, but if you twist my arm, I, I got to go with uh, Robert because or Robert, Robert, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, because of, I like guys that can push the sport onto people that are not usual fans of it. He can right. do really amazing things with his power and speed combo. So I think I would have to give the hem the edge, but it's not like, you know, Kyle did anything not to get this. No, it was pretty neck and neck there. And I like Christian Javier. I just think his final numbers really didn't indicate probably how good he's going to be. And I know Robert slipped a little bit and his average is low, but Hey, he just, as a rookie won a gold glove in center field, not to mention the speed and power combination and, how is a game changer? I'm also looking at that that six year, fifty million dollar contract the White Sox gave him, and thinking, you know, mm-hmm. 
Randy Ross Arena wouldn't mind having <laughs> six years, 45, 50 million. I don't know. Use that as maybe a framework. Ooh, I like the future. That. Just I throwing like out ideas there. Look, take the money. If, if a team is throwing $50 million at you, you take it. <laughs> and he's still got time to get a second contract too, because he'll be like 29 years old uh, once this contract expires. Um, okay. So we have those. Wow. We're pretty pretty much on the same page with them yeah. outside of the MVP. Um, moving on to the National League, uh, manager of the year finalists are Don Mattingly, David Ross, and Jace Tingler. I'm going to be up front. I totally forgot or did not realize that a guy named Jace Tingler was uh, the <laughs> manager of the San Diego Pir- uh, Padres. I was like, man, Soji, how much I paid attention to the Padres this year. I didn't know who their manager was. But uh, Ulysses, who was your pick on this one? Well, you know what the thing is, is that he uh, um, he kind of messed up there, Tingler, with the the whole um, Grand Slam situation with with Tatis. That's why we we heard his name first, not because he was doing a great job or anything. There, it's just we heard him because because right. he's kind of screwed up there, man. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those things I think too, where look, I think with that team he's got with the Padres, it's more the team. The, the players on the field, I think, is why that team won, not necessarily what Chase Tingler is doing on the field. Like, I'm going to give – look, you, you're a finalist because your team had a good record this year, but I don't know if you necessarily were pulling a lot of strings to – look, you're going to win a lot of games with that roster, basically. Yeah. Right? Give this manager of the year award to the GM, right? <laughs> GM and owner. You know, let okay. them split it. Um, well, okay, so who is your pick for this one? Uh, Mattingly, I think for, for me, I have yeah. to give him, um, when, when you're called bottom feeders and, and you come out and, and get to the playoffs, like they did, it was an unfortunate ending, obviously for, for, for Miami Marlins fans, but uh, this team showed, um, that, that, that word resiliency that, right. That, that you look for in a team that's going to make it to the playoffs. You, you have to be, um, that way. And, and I think Mattingly, Really, I mean, with the COVID cases and everybody talking crap about you on national TV, uh, good for them. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to Don. I think it's going to be a, a landslide for Don Mattingly. Uh, first winning record since 2009, first playoff appearance since 2003. The team lost 105 games in, in 2019 and wound up uh, going 31 and 29. And as you mentioned, I mean, that alone on the surface would be good, but the fact that they had to use 61 different players because of the COVID outbreaks, like they were pulling guys, like signing guys off the street to fill yeah. in a game. <laughs> so yes, Don Mattingly, give him that award. Like I, if it came down to like baseball wide, MLB wide manager of the year, I'd probably give it to Don before I'd give it to cash just based on what he had to do and what he had to deal with. Uh, with that. Um, okay. Moving on to national league MVP finalists, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Manny Machado, Ulysses, who is your vote here? Oh, Freddie Freeman. I, th- that, like I said yesterday on, 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 on raise unfiltered, th- that guy has been incredible. Freddie Freeman has been a staple. And I think this has to be the year that, that he finally gets that MVP nod. And uh, I mean, his numbers are outstanding and I don't care that the Braves lineup was really good and had a lot of good pieces. He is the piece and he, and he plays a pretty good uh, first base as well. 
Man, you love you some Freddie Freeman. Deservingly so this year. I, I right. think that, I don't know, because he plays first base, I'm giving it to Mookie Betts just because of the defensive value that's okay. placed more on the corner uh, outfield spot there than first base. I can't base. give anything thing, to the Dodgers right now. Sorry. Can't. I know. I understand. Totally understandable. But I think also what has to be appreciated is the fact that Mookie Betts went from one big market in Boston in the American League all the way to the West Coast, new territory for another big market, another blue blood organization, if you will, and stepped right in. Didn't have yep. a slump. Didn't have a, okay, Amazing. I'm trying to get adjusted to the ballpark in these pitches. No, he stepped in. <laughs> yeah. I'm right. Plug and play, buddy. Plug and yeah. play. And his numbers pretty much showed that too. So uh, that's why I'm going with, with bets on that one. Um, yeah, but, you know, Freddie Freeman, again, his peripherals also really, really good. But uh, I know we differ on that one there. Okay, uh, moving on to this is an interesting one. The NL Cy Young, the BBWAA Award finalists are Trevor Bauer, Hugh Darvish, and Jacob DeGrom. Ulysses, who did you vote for? This is a shame because I really wanted to see, uh, you know, a back-to-back-to-back Cy Young um, run by Jacob DeGrom, but because he's so dominant, we got to see him. And it's really, I, I love seeing uh, right. him pitch against the Rays. Yeah. We you got better to not w. take him out after five and a third innings. Just saying. Right. 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 Oh, don't let me go down that rabbit hole again. No. Um, so, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think what Trevor Bauer did this year merits the Cy Young, not only the conversation, but the award itself. I think Trevor gets this and, I would be okay with that. A hundred percent. His one seven three ERA was lower than Degrom, and Bauer also pitched more innings. Uh, here's a stat for you: so Trevor Bauer allowed one earned run or fewer in eight of his eleven starts, while striking out at least twelve batters in four, in four. of them. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Uh, also went to the same high school. As Tyler Glass now, Hart High School in California. Talk about a powerhouse. Oh, my goodness. So he went to high school with Tyler Glass now and then went to college with Glass now? Is that correct? No, uh, college with Garrett Cole. Cole. With Cole, sorry. Yeah. Wow. Been around. Yeah. And he was always an outcast. Trevor Bauer was always the weirdo on the team, if you will. (laughs) There's an interesting book that uh, goes into all that. He was kind of like bullied as a, a wow. high schooler because he did such unique things in his warm-up routine and he uh, he beat to his own drum if you will but certainly oh, it's, it's showing that it's it's working right now i don't know if bauer and glass now played on the same team they went to the same high school but they right, i don't know if their the years yeah but their ages seem pretty similar so i don't know if you know maybe glass now freshman and a senior or something yeah, yeah. Yeah, but maybe. I feel like both of those guys would be JV or varsity all four years <laughs> if I had to guess, but what do yeah. I know? Uh, right. You know, and I know there's some, look, I don't know what Trevor Bauer is doing to get his spin rate up to where it is at record levels. Maybe he's putting bubble gum on his fingers or something like that. But yeah. Look, he hasn't been caught yet. So, you know, if Garrett Cole can put a bunch of pine tar on, on the top yeah. of his lid there, you know, uh, maybe let uh Bauer, he's got a, uh, you know, sticky glue on his, uh, on his, if he's, if he's doing something, I think it's just as an F you to uh, Major League Baseball saying, yeah. do something about it. 
do something about what I'm doing because you didn't do anything against the Red Sox and you didn't do anything against the Houston Astros. Do it. Oh, by the way, and they're trying not to uh, unseal that letter uh, with the Yankees uh, from 2017, 2018. Do it. Sure. Find, Find something against me. If it was the Brewers or Pirates, that that letter would have been unsealed (laughs) a long, long, long time ago. Yes. Uh, Okay. Final award here: the NL Rookie of the uh, Rookie of the Year Award finalist. We've got Alec Bohm, our boy uh, Jay Cronenworth, and uh, Devin Williams. Ulysses, who is your pick here? My heart is broken, um, but got to give it to Cronenworth here. Um, I mean, uh, call it raised bias. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the numbers strictly speaking. Uh, You can say he got a little bit cold, but he was, he was amazing. He was really amazing, and and really for Rays fans that knew about Jake Cronenworth and saw that uh, him being shipped out, that trade is gonna hurt for a long time. Buyer's remorse, guys. Buyer's remorse. Just like uh, Randy Rosarina and the Cardinals. Going to be some buyer's remorse there, I think, for a while. J- just wait till he starts pitching. Just wait till Cronenworth starts, uh, you know, throwing in the sixth, throwing 96 down the heart of the plate. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been rough. nice to have uh, Jake Cronenworth in the lineup in the postseason, huh? Yeah. His, and if you could use him, again, that, that, that's why it made no sense to me because he was a legit and could be a legit two-way player. And yeah. I feel like that's a new market in the race guy the trying to exploit. Yeah. They, they just, they just gave away a, a, a raise weight type of player. It's unbelievable. I mean, maybe that's what needed to happen to, to, to get the return. Xavier Edwards better be like you said, the second coming of Francisco Lindor. Like yeah. that's what I need so I can sleep well at night because that trade is going to hurt. Yeah. I think it could hurt for a long time. Look again, there, there's something we don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe the computers were frozen or something, but I can see on my computer, he was a 350 hitter in AAA. <laughs> he could play multiple positions adequately, if not above adequately, and he could freaking pitch, whatever. But that is not my yeah. choice for rookie of the year. I'm going with Devin Williams. Wow. Oh, wow. Because, okay. You know, okay. and I normally don't, again, it's tough to do that with a reliever. It's like giving. Uh, you know, the Heisman to a defensive player or something like that. Right. Uh, or a wide receiver instead of a quarterback or a running back. But Devin Williams, the numbers show he was the best reliever in baseball, at he least was in the National League. Yeah. So I've got to give him like Alec Bohm, Jake Cronenworth weren't really necessarily the best at their position. No. Uh, for the year. So I'm, I'm giving it to Devin Williams. I, I, I see that that's a respectable one. Cause I mean, he was so far and above what you would expect from a reliever, especially yeah. in their first year. What was that? A 17.5 K per nine, uh, <sighs> just something stupid yeah. like that. So no, he was, he was very impressive. I just can't do it because of, of, uh, the amount of time that you play as a pitcher, as a, as a reliever, and then right. as an everyday player. So I got to give it to Cronenworth and, and, and not, uh, That is understandable. You know, I, I'm kind of surprised that the Brewers haven't used or he wasn't like developed as a starter because he has more than two pitches too. And I think uses them all pretty darn well. He's got the fastball, the cutter and the chain. Could see that in the future. So maybe he's a long, but look what they're, I mean, how they're using them, it's working so far. So what do I know with that? Uh, As a reminder, be sure you check out our brand new Patreon page, Patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered. Again, uh, we did an hour-long 
special podcast. Yes, I mean, we're, we're doing hour-long podcast on the Patreon page a couple times a week here, and we just, we just have fun with it. Yeah. Literally unfiltered. We're just shooting the breeze, if you will. <laughs> uh, you know, we get into a lot of, uh, you know, we, we, we talk a lot of baseball, but we talk a lot of non-baseball things as well. I, I do my Neil Solon's impersonation. Yes. On a scale of one to 10, what would you rate my Neil Solon's impersonation, Ulysses? Uh, 15. 15 out Thank of 10. You. Thank it's you. It's pretty good. I, I thought I had a good one. No, you, you beat me. It, yours is better. Neil Solon's. Hey, <laughs> sign up for Patreon. Raise unfiltered. Let's go. Yes. That's it. That's the one. And That's I do like two minutes the... of that on Patreon. Yes. So you yeah. know what you're getting. So why not? Right? Yeah, so exactly. why not sign up and, and become part of the Raise Unfiltered family? Also, hello, there's going to be our, our Zoom roundtable on the 21st of November, which right. will have everybody from every single tier uh, having uh, you know the, the chance to speak about the season, the postseason, everything. You can say cash should get fired. We don't care. Mm-hmm. It'll be a, a fun, fun time for everybody. And then that'll be the last time that you can be on a Zoom roundtable if you're not signed up for tier three. Very good. Very well put by you, Ulysses. Again, to do all that, all information on that, go to patreon.com slash raise unfiltered. Uh, you can also email us if you have more questions, uh, lockedonraise at gmail.com. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On MLB Prospects. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow.